Welcome to the ninth episode of the Scout Trailblazers podcast. And this week I have the fortune of speaking with Lewis Southard, the creator of Villain Seeking Heroes, who has a new scout book. Honestly, it was just announced just a couple days ago, and it's called Midnight Western Theater. How are you doing, Lewis? I'm great, Wayne. How are you? It's good to talk with you. I'm just great. Let's dive right into Midnight Western Theater. As I said, a news release just came out just a couple of days ago. Sometimes we're talking with people who are just about to have the book come out. Sometimes they are, you know, different stages of production. But you, we were right on the very beginning of the scout process. So I think that's great. First of all, congratulations on, on having this is your second book, right, coming out from Scout. Yes, this is my sophomore book, and it, it's certainly completely divergent from my first book, which is pretty good. You know, variety is the spice of life, and I, I'm fairly happy with how it's going so far since the press release. Um, just working with Scott has been pretty great. All the merch just dropped on the website, which is amazing. I know I, I got myself and a couple of my friends some of the shirts, so that's going to be fun. Um, but no, it's been pretty good so far. Uh, good. Yeah. We got mugs, and I mean, there's like is that a? I don't know what that was a skateboard. You got no, 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 not a skateboard. We have, uh, I think, there's stickers, uh, okay. the mug, as you said, and yeah. uh, three different types of shirts. Okay, okay, is that is a sticker? I guess on a skateboard. I feel terrible. I feel like a sellout already. It's like, hey guys, we got <laughs> we got the shirts and the mug. <laughs> we got it all. <laughs> but you'd be surprised how much that can support a comic book when these right. kind of things come out there. So that's a good thing. So it, it's not a bad thing. Let me tell I'm just that. just excited. Yeah. Well, this is a great. Thing. Now, let me, in fact, quote you from the release. There's something you said that I found really interesting. Uh, it says, this is my second comic book series, which we talked about. And I still find it hard to believe that it's made it this far since I first thought of the idea while I was bored at a cafe. I was sitting there daydreaming, and I thought to myself, oh, goth cowboys. <laughs> never really seen that before. <laughs> For some odd reason, that idea never left my brain. Now, Midnight Western Theater is a real thing, and that's just insane. See, that, that fascinates me. The creative process always gets to me. How did you come up with idea, uh, this idea of goth cowboys? Well, I, I don't think I came up with the idea. I, I Somebody on Twitter said <laughs> this existed for 30 years from some obscure movie, I guess, like of uh, the idea of a goth cowboy. And my reply is, okay, I didn't create it. I perfected it. Okay. <laughs> and that's, that's what Midnight Western Theater is. But how I came up with it, um, ironically, it, it was – it all stems back to Villain Seeking Hero, my first book. And there was a time travel story I was thinking about writing. And it involved two characters going into the, the, the old West. And the two characters, one was going to be like a, a normal person. And the other one was going to be a very super powered individual. And I like the idea that the normal person was more dangerous in, in the wild West than the super powered person. Like, like, you know, that normal person was sort of in their element. And, and that was, that kind of fascinated me of that sort of character dynamic. So I just started thinking about Westerns and uh, as I said, I was just bored in the cafe and, and for some reason, all the synapses flared up and goth cowboys came. And the second I thought of that, I, I ran home and I started working on, uh, I, I'm not even exaggerating. I literally just ran home and, and just drew up the character designs 
for for the for the main characters, uh, the woman in black and uh, Alexander Wortham, the reluctant vampire, day of, and and I, I was like, okay, like this is this is the thing. <laughs> and um, after I wrote the scripts, I just hit up David Hahn, who's the co-creator and artist of the book, and I knew he had an affinity for for the goth subculture after working <laughs> with him on Villain Seeking Hero where there's an issue where there's a very prominent goth character. And so I was like, Hey, goth cowboys, you in? And he's like, yep. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, the, the whole thing's done now. Um, and, and, and like, like the statement would imply like just such a notion <laughs> of just goth cowboys. Like that's the log line. And now it's made it this far. <laughs> like, like it's just, it, it, it's mind boggling <laughs> that, that that it has evolved into such a it's into a full on intellectual property. Yes, but see, I have never seen that either, and I like going where I haven't been before. Ironically, and- I spoke to my editor today, Andrea Molinari, mm-hmm. and we he was trying to come up with one of those log lines where it's like this book is like this other property, you know, like this is blank meets blank. And he said to me, like, he, he sent me like two, three messages on different platforms. And he's like, I need your help. And I'm like, what's wrong? I finally called him. And he's like, I've been sitting here for an hour. I can't equate this book to anything else. Like, <laughs> I can't figure out what this book is like. Like, like, I can't compare it to a movie, another book, a TV show. It helped me try to figure this out. And then I, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so then we just kind of – we're just shooting things back and forth. He was like, Blade? And I'm like, no, it's not Blade. And he's like, Wild Wild West? And it's like, no. And then I said Twilight. And he's like, God, no. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, eventually we figured something out. But that goes to show one of the main incentives on why he wanted to make this book because – I thought it was unique. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, this is something different. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get in on this before. I, I just felt like I, if I don't do it, I gotta do it because then I'll be the first guy to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, you made available to me the first five issues. And I hope they're the first five issues because I really enjoyed the storytelling in those five issues. And it's just, it's something I've never read before. And as, as long as I've been reading comics, I love taking my head where it's never been before. And of course, you did that before with your other book too. But this book is just such a, a different book i mean i I like westerns and stuff like that but i have never seen a western like this one and i i i see this on television i see this in all different kinds of places and yeah i can see why this is a struggle to this is so and so means so and so because i for the life of me i don't know what you would say so i don't know I love that. I love seeing something I, I that is a struggle to define because that means that, that you are going in untrodden territory and that's great. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I, I also just was like, I, I think part of the appeal so far is the art. I, I gotta, I gotta lend credit to where credit is due because the, the, the book is such a beautiful book. The covers, the interiors, the colors, it's just it's just a spectacle. Like I quite I quite enjoyed receiving the pages whenever I did. And I, I you know, David Hahn, the artist, um 
uh, Ryan Cody, the colorist, and Buddy Bodo in the letter, they all did a fantastic job. Uh, like everyone was firing on all cylinders, as I always like to say. And, and having uh, Kalman Andrasovsky as the cover artist was just a, an amazing plus. Um, and and I'll give myself some credit. I I think the story isn't that bad. <laughs> oh, I liked it. No, I I like it too. <laughs> but That's I, good. I, I think I'm a tad biased. Uh, I I think the book benefits from having uh, an episodic nature. Uh, each issue bounces around in time and place, so everything's just kind of all over the place. And it's all a new adventure. There's some connecting elements. There is a bit of an overarching story. Um, but I, I think it's one of those books you could just sit down, read and enjoy. Like, you know, you know, it's just, it's just a fun ride. Uh, that's, that's the best way I would, uh, that's the, that's the best way I could describe it. It's just a, like a, like a good time, the fun ride, it's just a, a nice thrill piece. Well, see, the thing is I've read comics for decades, literally, and I have never read anything like this. And, you know, for tens of years of reading comics to never have come across a story like this. I'm real excited about something I have never encountered before. And I just think that this is going to be I think this is going to get a lot of attention just because of that. The reception already has been fantastic. Like people are really uh, receiving well to the book and the idea of the book. And I, I only hope that. That will the will live up to the hype, and and I bet we will. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna have the the confidence there to say that. Um, but I I think people will enjoy it. I I think it's gonna be something people won't expect, and will leave just being like, well, what that that was I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I love that. I love to be surprised. I love that. Now let me. People always get on me because I never do these things soon enough for them. Uh, the diamond order code number, uh, which you need to get in pretty quickly now, is is J A N, of course, for January two one one five one five, and you need to make sure that you get that in as soon as possible so that the stores can order it. And this also is a good thing is to let your store know that you need that because you want these things to happen. And the way that they're going to know that people want to buy this book is just you tell them. So be sure to let your local store know that. Now, one thing I want to talk about, there is a little bit of a log line in the release and it says during a time when it's kill or be killed, a peculiar duo of adventurers come face to face with the dark and disturbing things that inhabit the wild west. Now, another thing it says, it's the turbulent 1860s in the United States is when this is happening. See, that, that's an, again, that's an interesting time period. You know, I guess, is this post or pre or during the Civil War? Do you know? Uh, well, all the issues, as I said earlier, jump around in time. Each issue is in a different year. Uh, there are, I know that I, I could say for sure, there's definitely one issue which takes place during the civil war. I know there's a big joke in it about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but the rest, I believe take place after the civil war, Mm -hmm. but maybe there's one there's, I think, okay, let's just say there's at least two, but, but don't take my word for it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how much you want to reveal about the characters you've talked about there are two main characters and you kind of allude a little i don't want to spoil stuff but on the other hand if you look at the cover you're going to get a pretty fair idea uh who's the characters are or at least we can talk about the characters it's all right why don't you go ahead and explain who the characters are then 
okay. The the fir- the main character is Hortensia Thomas, aka the Woman in Black, and she is our, our archetypal uh, cowboy type character. Like she is a stoic, badass murder machine who, in the book, is uh, just just willing to do anything to to right any wrong and stop any force of evil. Uh, she she fights anything from outlaws to to horrible <laughs> creatures of the night, and she she was very much fun to write because a lot of my characters are rather talkative, uh, talk, and I, I I just found it so much fun to just give her just uh, make her rather sar- sardonic, and just have like just say one word at a time. And uh, I, I thought that was a neat challenge for me. I'm like, okay, how do, how could I have her not say anything but say a lot? And uh, I guess that's met <laughs> with complete contrast with her sidekick, who is uh, Alexander Wortham, the reluctant vampire, as I like to call him. Uh, and he is – he's just the worst. <laughs> he's just – he doesn't stop talking. He's whiny. <laughs> He's not very brave, but he he himself is a horrifying monster mm-hmm. and he's just, he's just lives in her shadow. Like wherever she goes, he must follow. And the two of them are just getting into these very twisted, very outlandish situations. And the whole time he's just not having it. <laughs> But Hortensia is very much, we're going to do this. We're going to get this job done and we're going to do it right. Hortensia. Was that a real name? Is, is that, where did that name come from? Oh, that's, oh, that, that all dates back to the release of the Nintendo Wii, if you remember those times. <laughs> oh, okay. Much happier times. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was, a, I, I guess, uh, no, I'm not anymore, but I was a big vintage Disney fan. Like I, very much enjoyed the old like 1930s and I guess even 20s um, Mickey Mouse cartoons, you know, Steamboat Willie and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And uh, even before that, there was uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, um, who was the predecessor to Mickey Mouse. Uh, I, that, that was when I, fant- uh, I thought I was going to become an animator <laughs> one day. But anyway, there was a game that came out on the Wii. Oh, that had all these Disney characters. It was like this, like this was like an emo kid's dream Disney thing. And uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit featured in it. And he had a girlfriend in the thing who was like the predecessor to Minnie Mouse. And the character's name was Hortensia. And that name just stuck with me. And I looked it up. Like years after, like I would always make a joke with people. I would say, "Oh, my great grandmama Hortensia" or something like that, because I'm like, "That's just such an old world na- name." And I looked it up, and it's it is a real name. It's a variation, or I even I guess a nickname for for the name Hortense. And um, and I don't know. I uh, when I was coming up with that uh, character for the, this character for this book, I'm like. That's an Hortensia. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the stars align. I'm like, this is her name, and that's that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's interesting because I, I, I'd never heard of that name before because I'm not up on the, all that Disney good stuff like you are, apparently. But it, I just found it such an interesting thing that, that I, I actually like it when I come across something I don't know anything about. And I was going like, is that a real name? Did, did you make that up? I, I, was, I was so interested to find out about that because, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, like Phil Collins came up with a song by the name of Susudio and everybody's going like, is that a real name? No, (laughs) he made that that up for the song. And so I'm thinking, I don't know if you did that now. So, well, see, I'm glad to know that. That's interesting. So this actually is a real I've broken the illusion. I'm not that creative. (laughs) I just steal names from things. (laughs) Yeah, but you pick the good names. That's the thing. You have the talent. There's not too many Hortensias out there. No, there's not. (laughs) So see, that's really good. What's interesting, too, about the book, and this is, I don't know if I want to, if we want to spoil this stuff, we actually do a little bit of exploring who she is before she becomes the woman in black. And I, that, I, that we can talk about. Um, okay. Yeah. That's just each book opens with a flashback mm-hmm. and it's all about Hortensia's time as a little girl in which her and her father, yeah, this is an issue one, her and her father have ventured off into the, the new frontier of the time they're in the West and they're basically settling and uh, there's a lot of stuff brewing in the background that her and her father are not uh, potentially aware of. That's all I'm going to say about that. But e- each issue opens with the flashback. So it's like there's like a there's a story in a story kind of where like each one – if you buy each issue, you get the full story um, in the beginning. And uh, and then it, it's all followed by the the proper story of the book, the the main mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing that's interesting too, you talked about the the artist and things like that. Uh, the color choice is real interesting. It looked like the first cover is black and white, and I thought, oh, is this going to be a black and white book? But then when I got inside. You do – you guys tend to focus more on the darker colors, but it is for color, interestingly enough. So I was a little misled by that cover, which I found interesting. But, you know, I, I love – sorry. When, <laughs> oh, but I like that. But see, I, like, I was just gonna, I, like I was just going to say, is I like it when a book doesn't follow the normal patterns. I mean, normal comics, full-color – Four color, bright reds, bright blues, all this kind of stuff. That is what we're used to seeing in comics. That's not what we see in this book. And I actually like that. In fact, one of the things we find out when the, uh, when the vampire speaks, his word balloons are reversed color. They're black background with white lettering on it. So I, what I liked about this was all the different use of the art to convey like a darker storyline that was going on. So I really liked that about that. Uh, was that, was that something that, that you guys all came together on? Was that your artist's choice? How did you do that? Uh, you're giving us too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get the colorist, Ryan Cody, he definitely went for a more moody approach. I think in issue one, he did like a whole run of, of all the, of all the pages and he sent it to, David and I to be like, is this like the kind of style you would want for the book? And we were like, yeah, sure. And then since then, he we just kind of let him do his thing and it, and it works. It, it's very moody. It's very, I don't know. It, it's very, I, I don't want to use the word subtle, but 
it's just it's very very low key you know like you said we're not shoving bright colors in your face it's just very it's very dark <laughs> it's just very very warm colors you know are not not warm colors cool colors like your your blues and purples um and then when we do introduce warm colors it's normally when something big's happening um and then and then as you said with the with the lettering um that was actually my idea for um buddy to put in because he did when we made the first issue he just had everyone speaking normally and i had somebody read the issue and then they're like oh that's so much fun like your your two characters your two main characters are vampires that's so neat and i'm like oh no they're <laughs> no one's a vampire the other one's not so i talked to buddy and i'm like hey why don't we make alexander the vampire why don't we make his inverted to differentiate him from everyone else and be like, this guy's different, you know, like he's, hence he's the vampire. He's the monster. Um, so that was just a way to make him more distinct. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Good. I like that. Now talking about making them distinct, I've got to get into the design of their outfits. Uh, her outfit, she's, of course, I, I am a big, you know me, I'm a big believer in strong female lead characters. And I, I love that about her. She is a great female, strong leading character. But I like the outfit. She's got like a derby on. She's got, uh, a, you know, a, a belt uh, with the gun and the outfit. Pinstripe pants. Yeah. I, I I was just kind of, when I first, you first see her walking through the door of this, uh, of a building, let's say. It's a saloon, I, I believe. Yeah, she is. She doesn't look like I expected. So I was really, I, I really liked that about her. I thought that she was kind of a, a very different looking and very different acting female for that era. So uh, she stood out to me as somebody that's a very different kind of thing, you know, a very different story and a very different set of lead characters. I really liked that about those these two. Yeah, Hortensia. Um- I, when I when I wanted to write this story, I like the idea. I, I hate using the word cowgirl. Like like, I, I just want to flat out say Hortensia is a cowboy. Everything you think of a cowboy, that's Hortensia. You know what I mean? Like she is. I just I just like that idea because I've never really seen too many westerns where like the main character is a female but acts like a traditional uh, cowboy type of character. You know, I don't see too many westerns where there's a female acting like uh the man with no name you know something like that and that was sort of my inspiration where i'm like i want to have that type of character mm-hmm. like and uh i i i would like to believe that i i did in the end i think i think she's quite an interesting character mm-hmm. um and th- there's certainly a lot going on with her but i i do think she's quite unique um and her design, her design is just fun. I, I mentioned I, I, I came up with the design, but David Hahn perfected it. Like he just ran with it. The derby hat was his idea. Uh, the the designs on the belts, he puts so he, these beautiful little details on her belts. It's so cool. And she does have another outfit. I'm not going to spoil which issue. And that was all David Hahn. Like he had a lot of fun with that. And, uh, that was cool. Uh, Alexander, his outfit's not that exciting, but given, given his backstory, I tried to make his outfit, uh, older or, or more older in appearance compared to everyone else, uh, 
given given the time and time period in which he's from. So like, oh, these are the clearly the clothes he would be more comfortable with, even though it doesn't fit in with the more contemporary styles at the t- of the time. Mm-hmm. Now, one other thing about the books that I really appreciated, you know, unlike the X-Men, where decades go by before we ever get to some sort of a conclusion, you write these books, and I've read the, the first five, in a more episodic way, that there actually is a little bit of a resolution when we get to the end of an issue. Boy, is that different. <laughs> I'm not used to that. When I got to the end of the issues, I was like, wow. You know, there, there, granted, there are other things that lead on from issue to issue, but to actually get some sort of a resolution, I, I, I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, the episodic nature was from the beginning. I just wanted them, I just wanted to write a simple story for each issue because uh, I, I, I've, I've mentioned this that uh, Midnight Western Theater was sort of my back burner project when I was working on my other book. And my other book's uh, type of storytelling is is a whole lot different. It's very continuity-driven, very long form. And I'm like, I just want to write something that's completely the opposite. I just want to write issues where you just read it, (laughs) there's a beginning, middle, and end, and you're good. And hopefully you enjoyed it. Like, of course, there is a continuity. There is a history going on. But it's almost secondary. Like I, I just don't, I don't want people to fret over like, Oh, uh, what year did this take place in? And is Hortensia doing this? And what, what is Alexander doing and where are they at? Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like I just want people to read it, enjoy it, have fun and, and just watch these two characters interact in this world, this very different world and, and just see where it goes. Uh, and and given that it's episodic, each each issue, as I mentioned, takes place in a different year. And I very much like that freedom because if I were to ever go back to it, I could go back to that year. You know, like, oh, if this issue took – let's say issue two takes place in 1864, just some random day. Then that means let's say I get the opportunity to write, oh, we're on issue 30. Then we could go back to 1864 and this is another adventure in that year. You know, like so having that creative freedom is very – uh, it, it's just very good to have just for future mm-hmm. storytelling. Mm-hmm. And boy, is that unusual for comics? <laughs> <laughs> that is so different because, you know, comics are usually progressive in the sense that you have one day and then the next book has the next day and you might have flashbacks, but it's, you know, it's very rare that you get this sort of, you know, uh, you go where the story leads rather than where the time leads. I really like that about this book. It's just a, it's it's going to be a very creative, ex- uh, you know, reading experience. I, I just, I just have to highly encourage people. This is a book I think you're going to really like. If you like variety, like I do, if you like things that are. Uh, you know, the, the go places you don't expect, then Midnight Western Theater is going to be what you're going to want us to read. Now, I do have a question, though. You know, you've got uh, five of them to me. Uh, it's obviously you, you want to get all five out and, and do that. Do you have more stories in mind for Midwestern Theater? Midwest. Western. Midnight Western Theater. <laughs> Midnight Western Theater. Let me get that right. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I definitely have a volume two in mind. I have that actually completely outlined. Like I'm just waiting for that phone call, basically. Uh, but if I do, there is there is setup in in volume one for volume two. In my 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 main idea for volume two is basically Hortensia year one. You get to figure out like how she learned. Um, 
basically to become the 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 killing machine she is just and, and that's how that would go but but i i also just enjoy the the hortensia alexander um <laughs> relationship mm-hmm. so if let's say midnight western theater comes out and it's it's a big success which it will <laughs> which it will be okay. um <laughs> and uh Let's uh, I and they're like we want more Hortensia and Alexander. Then I, I do actually have like a whole list of of more Hortensia and Alexander stories, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I just had a, I just one day I just sat down. I'm like, what else would they do? And and I'm like, okay, they could fight this, they could do this, and they could do that, and and yeah. But so if, if I get the phone call, Lewis, we need more Midnight Western Theater. Then then yeah, don't worry, you'll get it. Well, I hope you get it because I got to read the five of them, and I have to say I really enjoyed it. I, you hit all the high notes that I was hoping for. We we delve into who the characters are. We also get to see them on adventures. We get to be surprised a lot of the time. <laughs> the way that they resolve stories are not the way that I expect Western stories to go always. So there's a lot of great and wonderful storytelling happening. And I love to be surprised, and this book surprised me. I, yeah, I, I always like to say, like, this book ends, and then it keeps going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great way to write. And that's uh, Midwest – let me get this right. Midnight Western Theater. I want to say Midwest Bang, got for it. stupid reason. All right. So that's it. It's Midnight Western Theater. And let me give you that diamond order code again. J-A-N-2-1-1-5-1-5. If for some reason your store doesn't get it, you can always go to scoutcomics.com and order it there. And they have a store there that as soon as it's out, you'll be able to get it there. So, you know, Lewis, I hope this is a big success. And I hope that we get to see a lot with these characters, with Hortensia. That's I got to get to learn how to pronounce that right, too. <laughs> so we get more of it. So it's just a great book. I, it's creative. It's different. It's unique. I just want to see more of this. So I hope you get to do a lot of these. Oh, thank you. I, I hope so too. And I, and I hope I can get the whole creative team back. I know David's really eager to do more. Um, so yeah, no, I, if, like I said, if people want it, we can give it. And uh, yeah, so it's pretty good. And I, I got to thank you for, for all that I, uh, complimentary stuff to the, that you said. Yeah. It, it is nice to know that, you know, people, are like such as yourself, like notice that there is something unique going on with this, with this story. And that's very good. It just proves to me that I did my job. (laughs) 